Hello and welcome back to Liberate America. My name is Sean Prober and you're once again joining me to discuss all things American and how best to proceed. Today the progression will be coming in the form of going through some original source material. At Liberate America we usually focus on current events, um, trying to give an opinion as quick as possible, uh, usually with, with a fair amount of bias. I think we're all biased in, in certain ways. And in the spirit of humility, and hopefully this will catch on, I wanted to go through some of the original documents, starting with the Federalist Papers, which were Hamilton's John Madison and John Jay, James Madison and John Jay's attempt at defending the idea that there would be one federal government that goes and controls as the oversight over numerous states. But before getting into all the history around that, because for the first episode there aren't that many arguments in Hamilton's original Federalist One. Uh, so to give a little bit of context, I thought I'd start with a weird place, which is actually something pretty recent. Does anybody remember the newsroom with Jeff Bridges and uh, a few other people? I'm not sure who, who was involved in. But even if you didn't see it, there was, it was a decade ago at least, even if you didn't see it, though, there's this clip that went viral that's from it. And it's still, I still see it all the time. And Jeff Bridges is on stage at this Q&A. He's with something of a generic Democrat woman. He's with a generic Republican guy, kind of like a Matt Gates type of guy. And kicking, kicking thoughts around. And an audience member in, in the Q&A is like a young college girl. And she says, oh, excuse me, um, can you tell us what, what makes America the greatest country on the planet? And the Democrat says something I forget. I don't think she's usually included in the, in the viral clip. Then the Republican guy, Matt Gates, says freedom, which is like exactly what a Republican would say. And then you have Bridges, who's like, you know, kind of that brooding Northeast Catholic kind of seen it all, kind of a Chris Matthews kind of guy, old Kennedy Democrat, kind of disenfranchised, but really knows his shit. <laughs> so he kicks around a few answers. He says, oh, the, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were the greatest American writings ever or something like that. Some silly answer. They were super like boomer Kennedy Democrat. And appropriately the moderator says hey, i'm not gonna let you get away with that the declaration of independence is a declaration of war on the constitution is a set of rules set of laws so you know i'm gonna need something better and he can't figure it out he's sitting there and he looks and i think his love interest puts up this little sign and it says it isn't it isn't my job and he goes on this run, he goes, it is, and he starts saying, America is 26th in education, and this and that. It's funny how people care about those kind of rankings, because there are so many other variables. But he goes through this whole thing, and 
eventually he looks at the Republican guy and he goes, in freedom, every country's got freedom. There's X amount of countries and this amount have freedom. That's the smugness of, of that time period. You're like post-Obama world where kind of, we were, we were over everything. The world was over dictators. Democracies were everywhere, China, Russia. All of a sudden, in that, in that arrogance, this post-history malaise, you have democracy after democracy fall. From Turkey to Venezuela, on every continent, you know, democracies decline and elections skyrocket. And these movements, these movements are not unique. Um, they've happened all throughout history. What's, what's weird is that at a certain point, we thought that they were over. And in America, even the people who are most critical of America, on the far left and far right, even them, they, well, maybe not the far right right now, there's this American exceptionalism concept that we can't have issues. Our elections are, of course, fine. There's, uh, there, there's no reason to be concerned. And, and the facade is, is melting away. Now, I think that the Democrats won the 2020 election because they better utilize the new rules in, in terms of mail-in ballots. A lot of people... You know, that the daughter got the mom and the dad to vote and shoved them. It's like, come on, you, I signed everybody up for, we, we can do this. And I, I think they want it, but the idea that it's outlandish to ever consider that maybe we'll have some kind of issue with election integrity is smug and, and pretty inaccurate. And... It's funny because in America now, we're at a point that we have a lot of similarities to the world that Hamilton and Madison and Jay wrote these Federalist Papers. There are lots of people in America who want some kind of confederacy to branch off. There's people in Florida, there's people in Texas, there are people in Oregon and California who believe that they should join up with Iowa so they can live in more of a red state than the very liberal or, or left uh, Oregon or North Washington or California. And for the same exact arguments that so many people were opposed to the federal government controlling uh, all of these different states, obviously at that point we only had 13. And they were all vastly white and <laughs> there were still allegedly so many differences that one federal government couldn't possibly control it all even with that so now we hear exactly those same arguments is is our, the federal government capable of fairly governing and preserving the rights of 50 very diverse states so that's going to be something that we look at throughout this, but it's certainly applicable um, to, to exactly now. Uh, some numbers here, just quickly to, to kind of show that off. 77% of Americans 
believe that the country is more divided than ever before. I don't know, it might not be included in the Civil War, but for overall, where that's more than 47% of, of the countries. There are 30 to 40% uh, gap on most opinion polls between the two parties to show just how how different the group dynamics are. A U.M. mass poll shows that 46% of Republicans believe the 2020, uh, 2020 election was illegitimate. It's a lot of people. Overall, 70% of respondents agree that the country is in crisis and risk failing. So we're seeing that on, on both sides of the divide, this genuine fear that the federal government cannot control these 50 states. So it's in that spirit that we go back and let's, let's hear what the founders, or what that Hamilton Jay and, and Madison had to say about, well, are, are these arguments still applicable? Uh, so that's what I want you to be thinking about. I'm gonna be thinking about it. Uh, but as we go through things, ask yourself, is this still relevant? Uh, was this argument um, taken away by current facts? The, that are on the ground now uh, can it no longer be a legitimate argument so all of these articles were written by with a pen name Publius and they were published in one of three New York newspapers that were around uh, at the time and they're Publius because that's a Roman name and previous to these documents there were anti-federalist papers which we'll get into uh, eventually to cite uh, for for different arguments but with um with those they also had pen names that were roman and for all the sides it wasn't so much a fear that somebody was going to kill them at this point for having these opinions but to not impact the argument, to have the argument stand on its own was important. And there's some true integrity to that. Uh, when I hear somebody say that they don't want to be involved in politics generally, or involved in putting their name, um, working and publishing and stuff, there are tons of people who are strong believers on one side or the other, but they're, they're afraid to even put their name down. Like, to me, you can't really argue, or you're not, you're certainly not helping. And if, if that's if that's what you want to do, that, that is what it is. But if you strongly believe things are wrong and you're afraid to put your name behind it, that makes me lose a little bit of respect for you. But that that's not really what we're seeing here. So I'm going to give them the pass. I, I'll, I said, I think a lot of people suspected uh, who the authors were, and they were certainly open and working in politics otherwise uh, to make these kind of changes. So I'll give them the pass on it. But the line in the, com or, or what Hamilton wrote to me that describes America in general, it certainly describes Federalist One, uh, is it has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been 
reserve to the people of this country by their conduct and example to decide the important question, whether societies of men are really capable or not of establishing good government from reflection and choice, or whether they are forever destined for the, their political constitutions on accident and force. I mean, that's everything. We, we hold the founders often to these crazy high standards of now. I'm like, oh my goodness, they had slaves. What a, what a horrible, horrible thing to do. Well, before this, white men weren't even free. Nobody was free. There were the age of feudalism of kings and queens and you were the property of those kings and queens so the idea that it starts with white men i guess causes some resentment but at the end of the day you gotta start somewhere and to expect people to be hundreds of years ahead and thinking is rather unnecessary but you'd be surprised by how many people even at this point had slaves and realized the evils of it and supported getting rid of slaves even for slave owners so there's there's a great deal of morality here uh, that we can go through but among here's another good one that remind also reminds me so much of today and the opportunists um, that emerge on all sides. Among the formidable of the obstacles which the new constitution will have to encounter may readily be distinguished the obvious interest of a certain class of men in every state to resist all challenges, all, all changes, which may hazard a demutation of power, emolument, and consequence of office. They will hold the state establishments and the perverted ambition of another class of men who will either hope to aggrandize themselves by the confusion of their country or will flatter themselves with fairer prospects of elevation from the subdivision of the empires into several partial confederacies that from its union, uh, that form its union under one government. So that's what we're seeing now with these calls. Um, this idea that, that we split apart in, in this way or that. Um, but this fear that when people have enough money, they're, especially in chaos, they're capable of getting to great heights. Uh, at this point, with so much in flux, the idea that a kingdom of Virginia didn't form is actually pretty lucky. Uh, they could have certainly have raised uh, enough of an army to, to put up a good fight, especially in the poorness. They might have even been able to declare their independence and not fight, um, just in terms of the other sides not wanting to have the expenditure. So... We put here, and a further reason for caution in this respect might be drawn from the reflection that we are not always sure those who advocate the truth are influenced by purer principles uh, than their antagonists. 
much. I think it's such a fair way of putting it. And maybe we could think more like that in our, in our own society, that the people who have a certain opinion are in no way less pure than the people who have another opinion. There's genuine in their belief that what they're saying is good for the majority of people or the, or, or the best possible scenario. So I thought that that was a great way of kind of reaching across the aisle and saying, listen, just because we disagree on something isn't indicative to me of you being a, a, subpar, a subpar person. Uh, the other quote we have is, were there not even the indictments to modernization, nothing could be more ill-judged than the intolerant spirit which has at all times characterized political parties. Boy, boy, is that true. That you end up not being an individual, which is, is ultimately the goal of this country, that an individual has the, has the most rights available to him than anywhere on the house, uh, and, and that you would be safe from other people infringing on your rights. And we're so quick to form these divisive, hate-filled journeys with the other party that don't seem like they go anywhere. We're, we're always right back to the very beginning. And he talks again about dangerous ambition, more often lurks behind the specious mask of zeal for the rights of the people um, than under the forbidden appearance of zeal for the fairness and efficiency of government. So that's, I think, would apply a lot to, um, a lot to conservatives, according to people who are on the left. Uh, my friends who are more left-leaning love that line because it's this idea that you're going to be pretending to care about the freedom of masses for this reason or that, when really the only goal is for you to have uh, unlimited power to do what you want, but you, you kind of play into the masses for that. Um, so those were, were kind of the takeaways of the first one. It, it outlines what what's going to be covered uh, in the next 84 ones. They put the utility of the union to your political prosperity, the inefficiency of the present confederation, written out with the Articles of Confederation, to preserve that union, the necessity of a government at least equally energetic with one proposed. So that's just this concept that you would have, if you went the other way, eventually it's all going to dissolve and you're no longer going to be having those rights. And this is the idea of doing it in a way that's going to make it last the centuries. And two, the, to the attainment of this object, the conformity of the proposed constitution to the true principles of Republican government, its analogy to your own state constitution, and lastly, um, so that that's ultimately going to the idea and the sphere of moderate democracy, that there are specific rights granted to all these people and that they're not going away, they're going to be preserved because the republic has 
has stated explicitly that they're going to be um, lasting and that they can't be taken away because of opinion. We always talk about democracy as a good thing, and obviously there's a lot of pluses to it. But the idea when you look at things morally that something all of a sudden becomes moral or just because 51% of people say it, doesn't really make sense. There's always the example of three people in a room and one of them has a diamond and then the two people vote to take the diamond away from the one. And is that is that ethical? And then finally the last that we'll be covering is the additional security which its adoption will afford to the preservation of that species of government to liberty and to prosperity. And we constantly see the trade-off between freedom and and security. And in many ways, after 9-11, we've been so focused on security that a great deal of our Bill of Rights has been eroded away. When we're talking about the warrantless seizure of data, we're really seeing a major violation that would have been completely, completely uh, outrageous to our, our founders on, on all sides. So those are going to be the topics that we're going to be jumping into um, for this, like I said, episode one, the Federalist one. There's more to do with uh, just outlining what's going to be said and, and the reasons why it has to be said. Uh, we're looking forward to having you on the rest of the journey. Uh, I think I'm going to learn a ton. I think everybody who listens should learn a ton. I'll try to get some different guests in to go over the different topics. But try to listen with an open mind. I, and that's, that's kind of the goal for me uh, with it. I've always kind of been a little bit more right-leaning. And... Uh, even to the point of saying, oh, look, we should be, or we should split it up, and all that, and I want to challenge that. I, I want to challenge myself on that and say, well, is that really the best course? Maybe, maybe not. So thank you very much, and we'll be catching you soon. Take care.